Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting around the world on the World Wide Web. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Oh yeah. Broadcasting live from the Joseph Network Studios in downtown Medina, Tennessee. It's that time of week again. It's time for the Josie Show. Bringing you the most exciting music news and guests from around the world. Right here on the Josie Show. Please make welcome the beautiful, the talented, the lovely, America's Radio Sweetheart, Mrs. Josie Asentino Moon. amazing today. Uh, we have a great show for y'all. We have two incredible guests hopping in here today. Um, both JMA nominees, part of the JMA music family. So we are so excited to be able to have the opportunity to chat with both Amber Lynn Browning and Billy Droz. So stay tuned for the whole show. You do not want to miss a millisecond of the show. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to this. So let's get started. Here is the wonderful interview that I had the opportunity to have with Amberlynn Browning. Enjoy. Please welcome to the Josie Show my guest, Amberlynn Browning. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. Good evening. Oh, I've been looking forward to this. So first off, we have to start off by saying big congratulations on being a JMA nominee again this year. Yay. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm honored. I love it. I love being part of your show last year, and I'm looking forward to it this year. Oh, well, we look forward to having you again this year. Congratulations. Well deserved. And, you know, I want people to be able to listen to the show and get to know you a little bit better. So I want to kind of rewind a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about how music all started for you? When did you realize this was what you wanted to, to pursue? I always knew, I just always knew since I was a little girl, about four years old, um, that I started to learn to play piano, dance around, and, you know, back then there was record players going, that we had quite the collection. My dad would teach me piano, and I would always sing. That's, I think, when, that, that was before, you know, all of everything that we have now at our fingertips, and I think mm-hmm. it was a lot more valuable to have, like, a record collection going, yeah. and I still do. But um, it, music was always prominent in my family, both my grandmother, on both sides of grandmothers. One was on the radio, a singer on the radio in the 40s, mm-hmm. and... On the other side, I had a grandmother who was a famous singer and dancer and Hollywood movie star. Oh, and she, she was a um, very good singer. And so I think it was always just somehow in my blood. Mm-hmm. Right. It's one of those things that just 
runs through you. It, there's, there was no doubt that music was going to be something you were going to do. <laughs> and it was interesting that I, I knew always inside it was, but I think that, you know, when when kids want to go to college and stuff, they might get swayed this way and that mm-hmm. uh, with different uh, majors and minors. And I did take, I didn't, ended up taking um, journalism and going into college for medicine, for nursing. Mm-hmm. And um, I did follow through with that because I did really want to help people. Yeah. Um, uh, my, one of my grandmothers did die of cancer, and I wanted mm-hmm. to do anything I could to help others heal. Right. right. And so, but eventually, you know, I started a family of my own, and the music just wouldn't let me alone. I continued to, I started back up doing shows. Um, when I was like 14 years old, my mm-hmm. grandfather took me on the road and toured me around the honky-tonks, and I would sing, like, Patsy Cline and Hank Williams, even as a young girl with my guitar, so it just, it was always there, and I realized I needed to permanently make it a dream, because that's what it was. Yeah, so it was always around you, and I love how supportive your family was of of music, yeah. you know, like, I mean, you wanted to do it, you had the passion for it, but, you know, they really helped you along, um, so you were able to get there, you know, with, with you know, your grandfather touring you around in Hong Kong. So that's a great way to start and get, you know, uh, exposure. So I think that's, I think that's wonderful. And you have a strong songwriting ability that I need to talk to you about. Um, you, you are, yeah, you are an incredible songwriter. For those who have listened to your music, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what your songwriting process looks like generally? Because your music is, is very relatable. It's great. Oh, thank you. I That's a huge compliment because I consider myself a songwriter. I pride myself in being a songwriter above all else mm-hmm. um, because I think that is the most important part of yeah. music. Mm-hmm. Um, even if there isn't any work, like if you were just composing a classical piece, it is the composition, it is the creator. And... Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I think this is where I do relate a lot with Dolly Parton, who's a hero of mine, and Loretta Lynn. If they really uh, focused on their songwriting, Um, now, that's not to say I I have a serious perfection problem with singing. My vocals, Mm -hmm. uh, producing, instrumentation, when I get into the process, I'm a perfectionist. Right. And... um, but above all, it's the songwriting that I'm the most perfectionist about because that, to me, needs to shine through a song. It's the message. And um, if you are able to get the message across to the audience the way that your, I like to say, your spirit wanted it to, mm-hmm. then you've succeeded, whether any of the rest of those elements are in place or not. It it helps when they all come together, and, you know, then you really got something. But uh, (laughs) the songwriting is the most important part to me, for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, the the best part about a song is something that, you know, people can relate to and, and you know, but also dance around to. I mean, you have, you know, great songs like that as well. And it's it's just such a great um, mixture of music that people can, you know, go and check out. You're available on everywhere, every platform, <laughs> I should mention. Um, so, yes. I, so, yes, everywhere. yes, everywhere. So please make sure you do that. But you mentioned Dolly Parton as 
a big inspiration to you. And I know that you are doing a little something, something, uh, pitching a song. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So um, this last year album, the one called, I think the one you're kind of referring to is called Outlaw. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and as you mentioned about being all the, on all of the platforms, I still have to say it's so important to have a physical CD or format in hand. I think that's important for audiences and fans to have a physical CD in mm-hmm. hand to listen to or something about that or vinyl or whatever they choose. Absolutely. And so I always like to try and get those out signed editions to my to my fans because. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time on the artwork and stuff. That all goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, that was the album. Our next album is the Sun Studio Sessions, mm-hmm. and it, that was done down in uh, at at the legendary Sun Studios in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And I was able. There's there's a, a whole kinds of stories surrounding this song actually that I am going to send to Dolly um, <clears throat> that I am absolutely ecstatic about. Yes. Um, the Sun Studio Sessions was done uh, this last year and it was a smash. I cannot say enough how unbelievably magical it was to be there and to record. We had a major project um, that we've been planning on doing it all came together with Sam Phillips's equipment and everything, the reel-to-reel, the same kind of echo that was on Elvis's numbers and Jerry Lee Lewis, and we were totally honored to get in J.M. Van Eaton, the drummer on Jerry Lee Lewis's original hits, like the first ones to come out of Sun Studios. Wow. And he is the original drummer, and he did it. He worked in a lot with with Johnny and Elvis and every all the all of the rest of those uh, guys there, the million dollar the million dollar quartet mm-hmm. and many more through the years. And he's still even in his 80s working. So he was in on this Sun Studio sessions of mine that's coming out soon. And on there will be um, several of my originals, but also some tributes to uh, the the greats like Johnny Cash. We did an mm-hmm. awesome rendition of Stan Quentin, and mm-hmm. there's going to be some Lewis on there, and that's all I'm going to say for now. I like but it. One, yeah, mm-hmm. one of the songs I wrote that is on there and was recorded is called Wildwood Flowers, and it is sort of a, almost with a bluegrass tones throughout, and um, it is very, I guess, I'm a hopeless romantic. No, me too. <laughs> uh, and uh, like one of the one of the lines is, "Hold my hands, hold my hand through the wildwood flowers, spin me around the orange blossoms, sweet. There'll be time to fly down the road of sorrow, honey. Walk through the wildwood with me." Oh, I love that. Yeah. That is all I'm going to say for now, but I did just have a spark of electricity to, I never thought I, when I wrote it or when I recorded it, it wasn't until recently that something transpired where I had the opportunity to 
send that to Dolly. So I'm over the moon, and I, yeah. I'm oh. hoping that she loves it. Yes. Well, I, I have no doubt. I hope so. I'm sending positive vibes out for you. For sure. Like, just a little bit that you, you did of um, Wildwood Flowers. I was like, ooh, the lyrics, though. The lyrics are gorgeous. Um, so I could see I could see it being a really great one, and I can't wait for that to come out. Uh, so I hope everyone stays tuned to what you have going on, and I can't wait for the new album. You gave us a sneak peek of a little bit about what's going on, and I'm, I'm glad you didn't tell us everything because I love surprises, and I know we're, go- yeah. we're in for a good surprise when the new album drops. So I hope everyone checks you out. Um, you mentioned, you know, that people are able to get signed CDs of your last album, Outlaw, uh, which released. Yeah. So. Can you please give out your website and also your social networking sites as well so people can follow and keep up with you? Yes, it's uh, it's amberlynbrowningband.com, and everything and anything is available there. Um, lots of uh, latest news and info, and as well, all of my music is for sale and available Perfect. for preview. Yeah, and... Um, on Facebook, I'm Amberlyn Browning on all of the other platforms as well. Same name. Easy. Easy enough. Just your name. I love that. You <laughs> make it simple for us. I love that. So I hope everyone checks you out, you know, after the show, on your website first and foremost, you know, get get the CD outlaw. You will not regret it. Um, and I also want to talk about a new song, a song that you have, Lonesome, Ornery, and Mean. Can you tell us a little bit? Yeah, draw. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration drawn from the song. What, tell us about it, all about it. All right. And um, also, I think we have talked about Georgia Jones. I hope we get to touch yeah. on that. Yes, so, absolutely. Um, let's actually touch on that because let's do that because Georgia Jones was on a song with you. Tell us about that. Yeah, I was so honored to be a part of a duet with Georgette Jones, the legendary George Jones and Tammy Wynette's daughter, yeah. who's uh, a part of the Josies also. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a absolute blessing to work with. Her and her husband, actually. Mm-hmm. Her husband uh, is also a musician. Yeah, and Jamie. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jamie Lennon is from mm-hmm. England, and mm-hmm. he he works for, he's a still player, but he also produces. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all worked together and came up with a vision of uh, White Lightning, mm-hmm. uh, her father's member. And, of course, that was done by the big bopper. I originally had the idea and the vision of bringing back, and that's what I like to do, and that's what I did with Lil Monry and Mean uh, by Waylon Jennings. I like to bring back the uh, authentic uh, vision of the song. So while you know paying homage to how it was originally done, particularly White Lightning's first cut, the George Jones did live on TV, like in I think it was in '59. Yeah. Uh, in in black and white and uh, the raw version of it and that excitement in that song. Uh, so I put together a composition and we all went at it. And it turned out exactly how I wanted it to. And that is that is just a single. It is available everywhere as well. Georgette Jones's vocals shine on there, oh. and um, we made it fun. She she had a ball too. Yeah, it seems like you two would get along. You know what I mean? It sounds like you guys had a great time recording. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a lot in common, and she's a wonderful person. But she and I, um, it was we both agreed it was nice to do a female version of that. And a lot of times I do that in my in my career. I do female versions of male-dominated songs. I like that. I really like that. And and add our special twist to it. And you did that too with Georgette. Yeah. <laughs> so wonderful. I love that. Yeah, That's like white lightning. Just totally. Yes. Absolutely. Ah, oh, it's good, y'all. I hope y'all check that out. And um yes, and then the new song, of course, we have to talk about. Tell us about Lonesome Ornery and Memes. Yeah, Lonesome Ornery and Memes, they'll wail in tune and yeah. that's one of the classics. And actually it was written by Steve Young and he does his own version if anybody would like to troll down that history. Yeah. It's been a Bob Paula Nelson did a uh y- you just interviewed Raylan. But um, mm-hmm. Paula Nelson just uh, uh, ways back did her own version. It's more rockin'. I wanted to do a uh, throwback version of it. Uh, like I said, authentic to Waylon, because Waylon is one of my most prominent influences in the out in the outlaw genre, and mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite songs. I had to do it good. Yes. <laughs> And so, yeah, I'm really proud of that one. And it's out. It was just released. It's out everywhere. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Are you planning any music videos for the latest release? Or would you like to do a music video for maybe any of the, any any songs that you may release in the future? Yeah, actually, there are, there are some surprises coming up. There are some official videos that are we've been shooting lately. As well as, I'll uh, just tell everybody this Waylon song here, yeah. the official video. Uh, we are planning, we have an exclusive tour down in Texas coming up this next year uh, where I'm going to be touring around some of the major venues there, but we are also going to be uh, shooting live at a very special place uh, mm-hmm. where Waylon was born, and it's a very nostalgic place. So that's, uh, that's in the works. Oh, that's going to be fun. Taking over Texas. Do it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's Last awesome. year was uh, down there at the Josie's, and because <laughs> you forward, we were taking over down there and then yeah. everywhere. Memphis, and you were going to Texas, so that's why not? Why not, right? Yes. Travel. Do it. Show show everybody what you got. That's, that's what I say. I love that. Well, I can't wait to keep up with all of the latest. Um, you know, we're why well, I, I definitely follow you on all of your socials, and I love seeing what you have coming up. And I know that you like to keep, um, you know, everybody informed. So if people go and find yeah. you on your website and also on, you know, Facebook and, and Instagram and all of that, um, they they can keep in touch with you, which is great. They will see everything yeah. you have. For sure, and I do like to help other musicians. I have a group I run called Outlaw Country and Southern Rock mm-hmm. because it's important that the newer and even the legendary, uh, which a lot of them have joined, it's up to 4,000 people, this yeah. group, in order to share their music. I mean, we have the, old, the gentle giant, he's called uh, uh, Don Williams is on there, mm-hmm. and his whole website and everything. So anywhere between up and cover artists to well seasoned, share their music on there. I like to promote that. Um, and uh, the, the other thing was, yeah, I just got a Dukes of Hazard car, so that's going to be part of my 
um, mm-hmm. upcoming videos, so that'll be fun. Ooh, that'll be fun to see. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. So you got some Duke. You're gonna. You're definitely gonna have some Duke's uh, Duke's Hazard fans <laughs> now tuned in. They're like, well, I want you to see card now. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So stay tuned, everyone. You don't know what Amru Lynn Browning has next to offer, and I'm really excited to see what is next. Yes, and I have some fun questions for you before we before we get uh, <laughs> before we get cut okay. off here. Are you ready? Let's. Perfect, perfect. So I wanted to ask you, this may be an easy question for you. You may be able to, you know, uh, answer this in like five seconds flat, but is there an artist out there, is there an artist out there that you would love to do a duet with in the future? Oh, that would be Dolly Parton by far. Oh, yeah. That's right. That would be amazing. I could see it happening. I think it would be incredible. And she just seems like such a down-to-earth person. I mean, who doesn't want to hang out with Dolly, right? (laughs) Yeah, and she is everything that she that people think she is. Yeah. Every everything my uh, that people have, and actually I wanted to touch on my um, my co-writer yeah. Chris Gantry. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Gantry and I wrote Texas Sunshine, which happens to be the most popular song Texas Sunshine on the Outlaw album. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a lot of uh, instrumentation behind it that was done by the renowned musicians on my um, on my album. Mm-hmm. The Fiddler uh, from Mel Tillis, for instance. This song is real um, it's a real classic. It's got a real classic upbeat feel. Uh, but Chris Gantry was one of the original outlaws and he would record down there at the House of Cash with Johnny Cash with Chris Christopherson and mm. even Shel Silverstein in the days of when they were writing a boy named Sue, and they were they were really delving deep there. And he and I um, have become dear friends and co-writers since. But he wrote a song done back in that era called "Dreams of the Everyday Housewife." Oh, I don't know if you're familiar, but it was one of those um, in the late. 60s yeah. uh, songs that caught the ear of Dolly Parton recorded it, Glenn Campbell recorded it, uh, even Reba McIntyre recorded it. So Chris Gantry yeah. is one of the most prolific songwriters I've ever met, and he actually inspires me to be a better writer. For sure. So I thought I would I would touch on that because it's important. Yeah, that is. You've worked with so many incredible, incredible people. Do you ever get, you know, uh, nervous at all when you get to meet, you know, someone who has, you know, the the, you know, that kind no. of. You don't. No, wow. I don't. They get nervous talking to me. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. uh, You're too funny. I just, I just learned to take risks because I'll say it, and I've said it a hundred times. This is a male-dominated genre mm-hmm. industry, mm-hmm. and I, um, well, a woman has to. My manager told me from the beginning a woman has to work five times as hard as a man mm-hmm. in this industry because. Uh, you know, as you listen to the radio, you're not going to hear, you're going to hear 10 male artists in a row and then maybe two females, and they're all the same at the top. Right. Uh, so I've learned to fight. Yeah, we need I risk realize, takers like you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't even sweat taking a risk because you have to take risks mm-hmm. in order to get anywhere. 
and um, I love people. To answer your question, I just love working with people. So I never fear, and I think, uh, um, you know, any connections that you have are good ones. You know, yes. you learn a lot yes. along the way. But Absolutely. Yeah. You can learn my, so much. <laughs> yeah. My father was a very keen businessman. My grandfather was, you know, they were just straight out of New York in the Depression. They learned what it took, and they built themselves up yeah. to an empire that, from scratch. So I know I know from just that that kind of upbringing what it takes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess where it comes from also is just I'm a boxer, I'm a fighter mm-hmm. in life in, for God, for music, and I use that. While everyone else is sleeping, I'm still working. I you love know what I mean? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. And that's what you have to do. You know what I mean? You got to always, you always got to fight for what you have. And, you know, and, and you seem like the type of person that's motivated and you will knock down those doors. You know what I mean? Um, to get what you want. And it is, it is male dominated, but I love, you know, fighters like you that are trying to, you know, change that, you know, change that and, and, and reach radio and try to, you know, make sure that women's voices are heard, you know, and that's yeah, what. Yeah, it doesn't mean that it's sort of a women's lipstick or that it, that it means that I'm not humble. I'm no. very humble. I know it means to start from the bottom. Absolutely. But I also am not afraid to stand up and go, you know, there needs to be some changes here. I'm going to say no to this, no to that. The industry tries to tell you what music is, what what it isn't, yeah. uh, and how you should fit a little uh, box or, you know. Mm-hmm. I just don't buy any of it. Yeah. I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. And that, well, at the same time, I have respect. I respect you know, Nashville, mm-hmm. I respect the music industry, I respect radio, I will never say anything bad or disrespectful about anyone, but I do know what's really going on, mm-hmm. and I'm here to stay. Yes, yes, you are, and that's that's what I love about you, and keep keep up the great work, and I have another fun question for you, that's a funny one, um, have you <laughs> have you ever had any embarrassing onstage moments that you can recall, or just a funny moment that just did not go as planned while live performing? Oh, let me think here. Yeah. Mm, it's a tough one. Yeah. Embarrassing moments on stage. Yeah. Or something that just did not go as planned. <laughs> you know, I don't really recall anything embarrassing because I love to laugh. So it's sort of an embarrassing gotcha. happened. I would probably just laugh it off, but I will say. Gotcha. Laugh. <laughs> I had a show the other night, and it was one of those things where there's, Fire, there was fires everywhere on the way, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hope it's not smoky so I can't even sing yeah. or anything. So I've got all these waters sitting there by my, uh, where I'm sitting there with the guitar mm-hmm. and ice water. And, and uh, I remember just actually the fire smoke, I think, turned up the temperature in, in general. And I remember kind of waving my hand like the fan in between songs. So, yeah, it was a little bit warm, but I would play it off and actually um, did say something about the song San Quentin uh, to the audience, and I didn't know how it would go over. So it could have been one of those moments, but I said I wanted to do the rendition of San Quentin because of the the state of the world we're living in right now Mm -hmm. because, again, I liked just like them be a, um, an advocate 
So I said, this is for, you know, the state of the world that we're living in right now. Sam Clinton came at it with some anger behind the song, just the way that Johnny did. And I I said, I'm not going to say anything more than that, because I never used my platform as a political pulpit. But I said, I ain't going to say anything more than that. And the audience, it was packed. Mm -hmm. and, And they said, we already know. We've seen your car. You rock. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, cool. That's fine. <laughs> you didn't have to say a word. You're just like, the audience figured it out. That's oh, hilarious. <laughs> I, I threw out some rock signs and went on with the song. On with the show. On with the show. I love that you're the you're you're one of those people that just you know laugh it off. I mean, don't take too, anything too seriously. Yes, moments happen. You know, um, you know some things aren't, aren't perfect, but you're one of those people that just like rolls off your rolls off your shoulder and just keeps going. The show must go on. Um, yeah. And that's what you have to be as as an artist, as an entertainer, and and you definitely have that going. And um, I I think. I think that's what is important. And the last question, which is probably going to be a question that you, you'll never, ever get asked again, but, hey, we're the Just Show. We love crazy questions. So if there is – for an if you could be any animal in the wild, what animal do you think best personality-wise suits you, do you think? I have two power animals. Okay. Because um, I do uh, – I do love a lot of the Native American medicine, mm-hmm. and and um, so it's not as I guess whimsical for me. It's actually real for me. Um, right. I am so the butterfly. Yeah. I love just the joy of the butterfly mm-hmm. and, and wherever she lands, and she is to be free. Mm-hmm. And um, the other part of me is the bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anybody messes with me or my family or friends, they will find out. The bear comes out. <laughs> I love it. Uh, very protective, and yes. that's a strength thing, yeah. Yes, that is a strength. I love that. That was a great answer. You did, you barely even had to think about that one. That was That is no. you. That was perfect. Uh, I live in the mountains. I love animals. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as you should be. Oh, I love that. That is awesome. Well, I definitely can see it. And thank you so, so much for joining me. And please come back on anytime. I had a great time talking to you. Yeah, great. I, it was, thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. Oh, oh anytime. The honor is all mine. Amberlynn Browning, everybody. Check her out. Can you give your website out one last time for us? It's called the Amberlynn Browning Band.com. Check it out. And please do come and visit me. Yes. Thank you. Go do it right now. Right now. Get your phones. Get your computers. Go and find the website. And also follow uh, Amberlynn Browning on all of the social networking sites out there as well. She's everywhere you'll be able to find her. So go and check it out. And check out the album Outlaw. And keep it tuned in because she's got another album coming soon. So keep it tuned in, everybody. I can't wait. All right, all right. That was a fun interview with Amberlynn Browning. And up next, I want to bring you my interview with Billy Droz. And Mother Nature kind of uh, made an appearance in this. You might hear some wind noises, but, hey, you got to love it. Sometimes that happens during an interview. Um, you cannot stop Mother Nature, let me tell you. So here you go. Here's the interview. I hope you enjoy it. Please welcome to the Josie Show my guest, Billy Droz. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. How are you all? Great. Thank you so much for joining me. 
Oh, I've been looking forward to this. So I wanted to kind of rewind a bit before we really dig into your music that you have out there. Um, I know that you grew up with a dad who was a musician. So did that inspire the path that you're on now? Absolutely, yes, ma'am. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. So when did you realize, though, in your head that you wanted to actually pursue music? How did this all get started? I don't really think I was old enough to even remember it being a uh, thought. It was just a, more like a, a way of life, and uh, I was just kind of born into it and always did it. We, uh, My daddy and I traveled around uh, churches and just everywhere we could play when I was a child, and so I just kind of grew up in music, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just what I know. Right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it came naturally to you. <laughs> it's what you knew. I love that. I love that. And you're a Josie Music Award nominee. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's awesome. Yeah. So what was your reaction to that news? I'm sure that was just a very pep to your step. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I just was really excited to be a part of it and be a part of uh, your organization and everything that you guys have got going and uh, how you guys support, you know, independent labels and independent artists. I think it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a really neat thing for, uh, for, for artists out there. Gives them a really nice platform to be able to, to bring their music to wider, you know, wider audiences. Yes. Well, congratulations. It really is well deserved. Uh, good work. All in. Oh, thank you. Well, we appreciate that. We hope to see you there in October. It's going to be a good, a good show. But um, I, I want to talk about your latest album. Waiting out the storm is actually my latest album. Uh, How do you feel this album differs from your previous albums? You found yourself evolving. Yeah, well, I think that um, I've cut a full studio project every year since I was 16, so I'm 35 now, mm-hmm. and uh, every year I've just, you know, tried to grow, and I always told myself if, if music ever goes backwards, then then we're going to have to have a me, myself, and I serious conversation, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's always been a, a blessing to be able to put out new and different and cool music. Um, the Waiting Out the Storm project is, uh, I think it's going on two years old, so we're getting ready to, uh, we just completed our, this be our fifth Bluegrass album. Wow. And, um, so we're, we just completed it, and it'll be coming out in late September. And uh, there's just some really, e- each album I just try to absolutely give them something, you know, completely unexpected, and I think that that's been the, uh, you know, the staple and the mainstay of of you know, having any longevity in, in, in music. And it's just fine. Like on this brand new project we have, uh, you know, I, I come from a Spanish heritage, so mm-hmm. I'm probably the first Guatemalan bluegrass singer on the planet. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. On this one, mm-hmm. I would uh, honor my mother and do some, uh, do a couple mariachi songs uh, in, mm-hmm. in bluegrass music. So it's kind of like the first time anybody's ever stepped in that territory in the genre of bluegrass. And, you know, that's what I just want people to expect from me is to expect something different and uh, unique and, and done in a way that is uh, unique to, to my music. That's wonderful. And I'm excited for the new album. I know it's going to be wonderful. And uh, I can't wait to check that out, and I'll share it on all of our social networking sites along with our our page here um, at the show. Um, and I do want to talk about your latest single, That Sweet Gal of Mine. Now, I have to say, this song is so catchy. <laughs> it is so catchy. It is so good. I'm surprised nobody has, you know, done a line dance to it yet. Um, maybe they have. Who knows? But it's so good and so catchy. Can you share the inspiration behind this song? Well, I'll be honest with you. I was uh, kind of running late 
on getting the next signal out that needed to happen. And mm-hmm. uh, just to be honest, uh, in, in artistry, you have highs and you have lows. And I was in my studio, and I was just kind of having a low day. And I just didn't, I didn't feel real inspired. And this guy came from Texas, and he wanted to write. And uh, to be honest, I don't think he was going to leave until we wrote a song. And uh, <laughs> so, and I was just kind of like over it and wanted to go home and go to sleep. But um, nice. he's a good buddy of mine. And uh, I said, all right, let's just write some little, you know, catchy little ditty thing. And let's, let's get on with the day. So, mm-hmm. you know, when, when in doubt, write about stuff, you know, and, uh, of course, beautiful wife of 12 years always comes to the mind. And so I wrote a song about my uh, my gorgeous Maria Droves. And so mm-hmm. that's where that came from. And we... Recorded it about two weeks later, and we just rushed it out as the uh, the next single, and it's uh, doing quite well. I think it's at number five on the National Bluegrass charts for the last two weeks. Yeah. So sometimes, oh. it's, you know, you don't always have to reinvent the wheel or put too much thought into something. Sometimes it's just uh, mm-hmm. open your soul and bear what you're feeling. Sometimes that's the great greatest uh, gifts that God can give us musically. Exactly. Those are the songs that I think what what matter. You know what I mean? Those songs that could touch people that are relatable. And you do that in all of your music. I was going through all of your albums and you really do have that, you know, writing spirit where you you touch people. You know what I mean? And is there a song that specific uh, to when you're performing that has really, you know, touched a lot of people that people have taken to? Is there that one song? I've got, uh, you know, I've got several, but a couple stick out in my mind. I mean, I, you know, ask an artist and going through this uh, crazy music business career, ups and downs and all that stuff, yeah. I've always made it a, uh, I've always made it my business to, if I can't, you know, touch somebody's life through music, then I'm not doing my job. And that's sincerely why I am an artist and create music. Um, but it's fun every now and then to throw the kicking trucks out there and sweet gals of mine. But mm-hmm. most of my music, I'd say 80, 85% of my music is, uh, very spiritually driven and very uh, motivated, uh, motivational type music. And uh, there's yeah. one song called um, Better With Time that uh, was the number one for us. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and it did a lot for my career. And it was just, uh, again, I was going through a crazy time in my life. And uh, I wanted to uh, tell other people that, you know, hey, if you're going through something, there's always an upswing to it, that things do get better with time. And the good Lord has a way to, uh, to reveal himself through, through time. That's right. And so uh, that song has just been um, pretty magical. And there's another one I wrote about my uh, my sister that really reaches out to people and helps people with uh, the grieving process, if you will, and uh, just a very spiritual approach to uh, you know to losing somebody and understanding uh, how to do that and how to uh, to live through situations like that where you feel just kind of you know helpless and sad and all that. So. Yeah. That one's really cool, and it's uh, and it was another number one for us as well. It was called "Till I Get Home." Yeah. And uh, we get uh, just tons of requests for that on the road, and uh, it's a very emotional song for me. But um, I don't care to be emotionally bothered if it's going to help others. And so that's uh, right. those are two that come to mind when we talk about songs that uh, I believe uh, change people and help people. Right. Absolutely, I agree, and I hope everyone after the show checks out all of your music. You're available on. Uh, just about everywhere, Spotify, Amazon, all over. Can you please give out your website and social networking sites as well? Yeah, uh, billydroves.com, um, and just Billy Droves at every social platform there is. Yeah. And uh, 
think you can even buy my music at Tractor Supply and Kroger and Dollar Store. Come on now. <laughs> that, you know, wiggly wiggly. That is cool. <laughs> I love that. But uh, no, we're just we're out there everywhere. We have a, a really good team behind us that uh, keep all the social networks um, alive, yeah. and uh, they just they're really responsive, and everything gets to me eventually. And I always, 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 always try to interact. Yeah. And I'll, I'll also go to rbrentertainment.com is the record label. Mhm. Uh, that that'll have all the uh, you know pre-sale links and just uh, smart links that you can go and find the music and YouTube. Tons of stuff on YouTube. Go yeah. check out all of it. Absolutely. Tons, tons on YouTube. So make sure you check that out. And um, the label was actually my next question because I wanted to talk about that. I thought that was really cool. Where did the idea come about to create an independent bluegrass record label? Was that something you always wanted to do, or did it just kind of come out of the blue, so to speak? <laughs> well, I was, you know, I've, I've been at this for a long time, and at yeah. 19, I was on uh, Sony BMG RCA label. And, mm -hmm. uh I had a decent experience, but um, I realized really quick that um, after two or three major label deals that sometimes it's not always about, you know, the artistry of things, and uh, it's more of a, an industrialized uh, political mm -hmm. uh, rally, if you will, and, and, and that just got really disheartening, the music business side of things, and I didn't really understand it, and so after a couple of successful records, I created a network of people that the labels were using to get my music out there and I just kind of dreamt it up one night <clears throat> and I thought well if I have all these nice relationships why don't I just um, be the control freak I am and have a hundred percent control over uh, the creative process uh, everything and uh, me and uh, a musical attorney music attorney in Nashville started the company back in 2018 and um, you know did did really well started signing two or three good acts that we believed in and mm -hmm. then uh, started getting a little shaky. I mean, but you know, you know how business is. Um, and then my longtime friend of like, you know, 15, 16 years said, you need some help, man. And so he came in and he's uh, my new business partner, Chris Myers. Uh, we've had it together for over a year now. So the company's been in, you know, functioning for going on our fourth year, I believe. And uh, now we have a stable of like 10 artists and uh, it's just uh, growing growing into becoming a, a premier uh, bluegrass label and uh, I mean we've just got consistent you know chart action and, and really really good artists we have some legendary artists we have some new people mm -hmm. it's just uh, it's, it's, it's a great team that we have we have Troy Elder that does all the socials we have uh, you know Shannon Northman that does management services and like I said uh, I do all the creative and, and production for the label and uh, it's just neat that I can you know find kids that were in my position 10, 12 years ago uh, that need help and that are, you know, deservedly so needing help. And, and I can step in and say, all right, here you go. Here's your dream and here's how we do it. And yes. you know, because we have the machine of RBI Entertainment, I'm able to take them from nobody ever hearing them to, you know, having them, you know, number ones and top fives and top ten singles. And we, uh, I was just scrolling through the news feed, waiting on the interview, and uh, a young artist we signed, uh, Zach Top. Mm -hmm. uh, he was doing real well. Uh, he was just a really cool, talented kid, and then, you know, now he's making his Opry debut I just saw about 10 minutes ago, and so it's so wow. neat to be able to just get these people 
kind of to where they want to go or at least aid them or help them in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And, uh, you know, I've stepped in a lot of holes as an artist, so from an artist standpoint, I can say, all right, you know, it's probably smart if you did this, you know, and just avoid that whole roadblock or detour. And so it's neat when you have people that will listen and come on and uh, trust you enough with their art, which is uh, that's what we're all doing here is creating art and hoping that we can get it to the biggest platform available. Yes. And, I, you know, you, you mentioned it briefly. As a music artist, you know what they go through. So I think, you know, you running a label, they can they could trust and, and get guidance from you because you know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? You've, you've been in their shoes. It's helpful. It's a label for artists run by artists. And so exactly. we do things that are so unorthodox that other labels won't do because I know the struggles of being an artist. I know how hard it is to, you know, raise a family and be on the road and, uh, you know, make ends meet. And, you know, I've been extremely blessed in the, you know, the later part of my life. But mm-hmm. a long time, I, mean, I knew what it was like to, you know, be hungry and be playing and be on the road. And so, you know, with our artists, should they ever need anything, we step up and we make sure that they got what they need. And uh, a lot of times that's, you know, if a label would do that for you, it would be some kind of recoupable weird thing, you know, and with us, it's like we pay it forward and it always comes back and, and having that kind of relationship with the artist just creates this huge trust and uh, it just it just makes everybody want to work hard and want to give everybody their best and so uh, that's what we be, you know, believe in over there. And it, it, basically, I tried to create a label that I would like to be signed to and yeah. ironically, I am signed to it. I actually had to sign my own contract. It was... <laughs> To myself, so I signed myself. <laughs> Going in, and uh, yeah. we've got Maria, my wife. We've got uh, Ben James, Don Rigsby, Jimmy Geary, Tom Fuller, Mike Sumner. We're just we, we've got a, a really cool thing happening, and I believe it's a it's a blessing, and we're gonna we're gonna keep trucking, and the sky's the limit with it. Exactly, sky is the limit. Could only. Only come up from here. I, that's wonderful. Well, I'm so excited to see what is next for you, along with all of your artists. And, of course, Maria, um, I just think what you do is just incredible. And I'm so excited to follow your journey musically and also your, your label. Thank you so much for uh, You did your homework. I like that. Sometimes you'll do it. People are like, so I already did a record in 2014. And it was, you know, but you were so um, – studious with this interview and I appreciate that so that speaks volumes for what you're doing over there that's, and, and, and we're all proud of you and thank you for uh, for doing some music that's that's killer oh well thank you and I've, I've listened to your music I love your music I fell in love with it from you know just the beginning it was cool it was cool because on Spotify you have all of your albums you know all all in there um, your singles and all that so if people wanted to go back and listen to where you've been and you know, where you are now, you can check it all out. And um, it's really cool to follow your musical journey. And before we go, though, I do have some fun questions, okay? Yes, <laughs> all right. Perfect. So as as everybody knows by now, you are an entertainer. You do live shows all the time. Um, so have you ever had any embarrassing onstage moments that you can recall or something that just did not go well live and in person? <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's a couple, but I don't think I – want to say it um, <laughs> let, me, let me find it easy there you go <laughs> okay I got one that's easy that I can say so okay. we were playing a TV show in Virginia called Song of the, Mount- oh, Song of the Mountains yeah and 
um, I really get into my music a lot. I can't help it. I get into the crowd. I get into music, and I kind of forget where I'm at. Right. And kind of let the spirit lead me and make music. And so I was, like, kind of dancing around, playing a guitar solo or something, and I forgot my bass player had his, my upright guy had his bass amp behind me. And on, you know, television, I fell and tripped over oh, no. the bass during a live show, and I thought they would take it out, but they didn't. And so I got to be, you know, publicly embarrassed. And I just jumped up and laughed and made a joke, and they laughed. and But it really killed my pride. Right. But, so now I always make sure I have ample room around me to be able to perform uh, as I see fit. <laughs> yes, you learned from that experience. But I love how professional you are. You were just like, you just bounced up, made a joke, and just kept going. <laughs> you were messing yeah. around. I still have hip problems from that because I really Ooh. did it pretty Oh, gosh, I bet. I know. Oh, my goodness, I bet. Oh, that's awful. But, hey, listen, when you're live, I always say when you're live, you're at the mercy of the audience. Anything could happen, really, and um, TV shows, all that, that, you know, I could see it. I could see it happening. But thankfully, you're okay, and it's all about the recovery. It lets people know that you're, uh, that you're real. You know, it lets you people know that I, I fall, too. Exactly. I fall all the time, but I mean, <laughs> getting back up, I guess. It's about getting back up. It's all about the recovery. That's right. Uh, the next fun question that I have for you, is there an artist out there today that you would love to work with or perform with? Um, I've been so blessed to get to work with a lot of the people that I've uh, admired through the years uh, growing have. up. Um, but I think at this point it'd be Dolly or Allison Krauss. Um, yeah. We've yet to uh, met Dolly. She's reviewed records for me and gave me some neat high praises that really – uh, kept me going in times, but uh, we never sang together, and, and, nor Allison, and I know Allison, uh, not like best friends, but we see each other from time to time, but yeah. I would like, it'd be those two, or Celine Dion. Yes, <laughs> yes! People never, like, people think just because I sing hillbilly music, country music, and bluegrass, but, I mean, my tastes go from, like, you know, the Gypsy Kings, Celine Dion, to Whitney Houston, I mean, mm-hmm. I think you should draw from multi-genres. I'm not a pop singer, but I would love to sing with uh, Celine Dion. So, yeah, that's the... It's not going to happen, I don't think. I don't think she cuts bluegrass songs, but... That would be so cool. That is the collaboration we need in this world (laughs) right now. Billy Joe Celine Dion. It's a little little weird. He would lose fans and I would gain them. Right. <laughs> we need it. It's what we need. Oh, that is so funny. And then the last question for you, which is probably the craziest one you've ever probably been asked in an interview, but I love it. It breaks the ice very well. Um, so if you could be any, if you could be any animal in the wild, what animal best personality-wise do you feel would suit you? What are you? <laughs> oh my God, I would love to be a bird because I'm a very free spirit. I would just like wow. fly or stay away from hunters and just find some weird place that no hunter would go and I would just That's live right. till the Lord called me home. That's right. I love it. That's a, a good answer. Bird. That's fish. a good answer. Yes. Fish too. That's <laughs> I've good. I've never been asked that, but yeah. <laughs> That's a free spirit. Exclusively here at the Josie Show, Billy Droz wants to be either a bird or a fish. Oh, that is so yeah. funny. Well, great answers. But and not I- like a fancy fish, not like a goldfish. Like no. A shark. I would like to be like, you know, a freaking shark. Right, right. A badass one. Not, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I had such a great time talking with you.
Hey, y'all, this is Ron Stone, and I've got a question for you. Why would you drink plain old whiskey when you could be drinking garage oil American badass whiskey? Our one-of-a-kind spirit with its proprietary flavor profile was recently voted the best-tasting whiskey in Texas. Garage oil is the smoothest, most delicious whiskey you're ever going to get your hands on. So stop drinking plain old whiskey and go out and get you some American badass whiskey. Even the shape of our unique bottle is award-winning. So look for the one with the hot rod on the label and pick up a bottle today, I promise you. It's going to make you smile and have a good time. To find out more about Garage Oil and where to get it, go to garageoilspirits.com. That's garageoilspirits.com. And remember, America, keep your parts lubed. American Bass Whiskey, Garage Oil Spirits, Distilled South Carolina, created later, Texas. Sisters in Music hosts Sim Jam Nashville, October 22nd, 2022, part of JMA Fest 2022 at the Nashville Palace. Our stage is sponsored by Prasad Entertainment, LLC, and C. Natasha Productions. Join us for live music from 12 to 9 p.m. local time. Multiple artists across multiple genres. For more info, please visit www sistersinmusic.org forward slash events. Hope to see you there. JMA Fest 2022 proudly welcomes country music sensation Craig Campbell on October 22nd to JMA Fest for our evening concert at the Troubadour Nashville. Located at 2416 Music Valley Drive. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. JMA Fest 2022. Craig Campbell goes on at 8. Don't miss it. Get those tickets now at www.jmafest.com slash concert. Presented by the Josie Music Association and Country Blast Radio. Seating availability is limited, so get those tickets now. See you there. like to say thank you to all of our sponsors garage oil spirits for their american badass whiskey uh confidently ready the josie show country blast radio the josie music awards all sponsor the jma weekend of events we also want to say thank you to our festival stage and activity sponsors diamond discovery creative storage solutions kit wakely symphony of sinners and saints volume two the storm SIM, Sisters in Music, and their Sisters in Music stage sponsor affiliates, C. Natasha Productions, and Prasad Entertainment, LLC. We'd also like to thank Independent Country Music Hall of Fame, Diamonds in the Rough Publishing. So thank you to all of our sponsors, and um, hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you again next week. Yeah, see y'all next week. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We appreciate it here at the Josie Show. And uh, see y'all soon. You never know who will come up on the Josie Show. Who will we interview next? It's always a surprise. I'm saying bye, everybody. Mwah. The Josie Show is copyrighted property of the Josie Network of Brands. It may not be duplicated, altered, or edited, sold, or aired without written consent from the Josie Show owners. Any copyright infringement of the Josie Show will be subject to legal actions.